listening to the real WTH library. The discovery of two teenagers ritualistically murdered in a secluded Austin park outrages a nation already on the brink of tearing itself apart. The victims are the latest in an epidemic of deaths linked to a mysterious underground virtual game known only as Play Dead. The forensic evidence soon points to Jamie Hamilton, a brilliant yet naive young man on the autism spectrum. But Angie Channing, a world-renowned true crime writer, isn't so sure. Could such a seemingly innocent person be capable of clinical brutality? Why the rush to silence him? What secrets are hidden in the world of Play Dead that were worth killing for? What if Jamie is the key to something far more sinister? Angie quickly finds herself in a relentless game of cat and mouse that threatens far more than just her sanity or her life. How far will she go to uncover the shocking truth? Enter a psychological thriller ripped from tomorrow's headlines that will haunt you until the last page. It is said that nothing is as it seems in the halls of power and that some truths are far too dangerous for the common man. Until now. What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to the very first episode of The Real WTH Library. The inaugural episode. Is that what it's called? Is it inaugural? I guess so. First and no, not first anniversary. What do you, I don't know what you call it. Like some of you know, I have my co-host in the background, my daughter. Yeah. And then Screaming. I also have my real co-host. Hi. Tommy. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> and I'm Wilson. Um, some of you might know us from the real WTH show, but we have branched out now. We decided to do uh, a new podcast and uh, we're going to review. I mean, it sounds really boring, you know, in like theory. Yeah, it does. But we're going to make it fun, though. We are. Um, we're going to review some books. Yeah. Just I don't because... know very many podcasts that do that. Yeah, a lot of people do movies, but who does books? Yeah. And what do people always say when a movie comes out? It was good or bad? No, the book was better. That's true. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that's what we're doing today. It's probably not going to be as long as most people who have heard us before uh, know, but... um. We're going to get into something, and we're going to start off with one of my favorite authors, and I mean, I'm I'm just assuming it's your favorite author, too. It is actually the author that essentially brought us together. It was one of the things when you and I first met. I'm like, have you heard of an author named Ted Decker? You're like, are you serious? And I said, have you heard of an author named Ted Decker? And we're like, did we just become best friends? Yes. Let's build bunk beds. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so we're gonna get into that because uh ted decker actually brought out a new book and i'm pretty sure it's gonna be on the new york times best-selling author whatever it's called i don't know what they call it um but it's gonna be up there because he's made oh actually on the cover it says new york times best-selling author ted decker and then oh, it yeah. shows the title of the book um but yeah, you got some background on this author, right? 
a little bit of background on it. Um, you and I have previously, um, we've read many of Ted Decker's books. Probably about 30. Yeah. You more than me, but I've read, yeah. you know, less than half of that. Uh, but yeah. uh, Ted Decker, he is, uh, some would say he's kind of like a Christian version of Stephen King. Yeah. So he has kind of a twisted mind. Um, you know, one of the reviews on this book I read said it's blasphemous. Do they? Well, they haven't gotten to the ending. I Oh, well, I don't know. <laughs> I haven't of, gotten to the ending yet either. So a lot of his books are, I mean, we're not spoiling the, anything here, but they're unconventional. Yeah. So uh, let's just, let's just say like it is Bible stories rewritten with different characters in different times and added a little bit of flair with like some sci-fi supernatural stuff to it. So, and then he also has books that are nothing like that. Yeah. That are just crime novels. Yeah. And they're, but, but they're not like, um, like if you read a Stephen King novel and don't get me wrong, I like some Stephen King. Um, um, but you have, you know, he has a lot of like vulgarity in it and stuff. Yeah. You're like, you're like, Ooh, I don't know if I want to read about this. The stuff isn't something, if they were to make a movie on this, it could be easily on TV. You don't have to watch it on the old Skinamax. Yeah. Um, Which they've made movies about Ted Decker. They have. They, they, they made uh, uh, three. And House. And House, which was a house was a Ted Decker, Frank Peretti collaborative. Yeah. Uh, but Ted Decker is a multi-award winning New York Times and international bestselling author of over 40 novels. Um, his work has reached tens of millions worldwide and has been translated into numerous languages and adapted into major films. Um, like what we just said in 2013, NPR readers nationwide named him as one of the top suspense writers of all time. That's pretty good. And I, he is, uh, Ted's passion is simple to explore truth through mind bending stories that invite readers to see the world through a different lens. Story is the shortest distance between the human heart and truth. And to this, he has devoted his life. He sold his business, moved his family to the mountains in Western Colorado and began writing full-time on his third novel. Two years and three novels later, his first novel was published. He has been exploring truth through story ever since. Um, and I believe his daughter is also an author. Yep. They've, they've done a couple uh, of collaboratives. Mav- Mavis or Maven? I, I want to say Maven. something series that came out just before this book. Yeah. I think her name is Rachel. Correct. Rachel Dick. That sounds right. Or Rochelle. One of the two. I think it's Rachel. Yeah. But it's also, I'm pretty sure a title or a name of a character in one of his other books. I think it was Rochelle then. Okay. Yeah. Cause the kids, I believe it was named after his daughter. Yeah. This is different for us because we just basically talk about whatever we want in the other, the other show, you know? Right. We don't really, I mean, we have an icebreaker in the other show, which is like beers and cheers, but we're not doing that here. Yeah. I feel like we just get straight into it. We dive right in or some would say deep dive. Yeah. (laughs) See that segment? So we're going to go through, I think the first uh, three chapters plus the prologue in this, this episode, correct? Okay. Uh, Or the prologue and the first two so it'd be three no. so prologue chapter one two and three yes okay yes okay so the prologue starts with claire and timothy 
which are two high school age children. Um, and this is set in, what is it like 2050 ish? It, it is in the future, uh, but it's, it doesn't seem like it's dystopian, like where it's like w- the way I'm picturing this is I'm picturing it kind of like a mixture of like, not so much like ready player one where it's run down. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm picturing it more like total recall kind of to where it's kind of like, you got some more advancement going on um, yeah. in the machinery and electronics. Yeah. Um, but it, it introduces uh, two characters, Claire and Timothy, which, I mean, so far I've read up to like chapter six, but so far they're technically one of the main characters in the story or two of the main characters in the story. But I mean, we'll, we'll find out later. Just so everybody knows, there's going to be spoilers in this. So yeah. if you, this if is you a spoiler wanna, podcast. Yeah, it is. So if you want to like read along with us, we'll probably do like up to chapter three today. And then the next episode, we'll probably do like three or four more chapters. So just read along if you want to. Um, but it talks about it's somewhere in the future, like 2050 ish. Um, they're high school students and VR is a huge thing at this point. Like everybody does VR. Think of like, uh, what's that Bruce Willis movie? Um, where, where they use, um, androids for their bodies or somewhat like gamer, that type of thing. Yeah. Um, what's the Bruce? Re- surrogates. Re- re- surrogates. Oh, I was almost a replicant surrogates. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like surrogates, but you're actually in a VR world. You're not like running around with an Android. Um, but VR is huge during this time. Um, and apparently before this happened, which this is one of the things I found interesting because Ted Decker, he doesn't just, you know, bang out books, right? It it's it's not like a I'm gonna take a month and write this book, right? So I'm thinking he's probably been working on this book for at least a year and a half ish, maybe two. You know, at least the idea has has come at least two years prior to this. And the first thing I noticed is it talks about um, how previously in the time of the book there was a crippling pandemic. Yeah, and then there was also race wars. Yep. That stemmed from the pandemic. So I'm thinking about that. I'm like, man, the, so far he's telling the future. I mean, but pre future, future, you know, like it's not 2050, it's 2021. And this is what's happening in the world right now. Right. Another thing that I liked in that first chapter or the, the prologue, um, he also talks about SpaceX. Did you notice that? Yeah. And he talks about how there's a colony on Mars at this point, which close. You know, I mean, I mean, we're, we, I mean, we're there, but not human. We've, but robots. we've had a we've had a SpaceX um, shuttle land just this last week. Yep. You know, they picked it picked up the the pod or whatever in the ocean this last week. Um, and then it also gets into like how how the virtual virtual reality thing uh, works in this book. Um, you use something called rigs and I forget what it stands for. You remember? Uh, you know, it's I an had, acronym for something. Yeah. I'll, I'll look it up. It, it was, it was in here. I have it. I had actually had it bookmarked. I think it's somewhere in the prologue. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there's like deep dive rigs, there's shallow rigs, which, um, 
Claire and Timothy, they both actually have like tattoos on their skin to where um, the rigs can use those as sensors for the virtual reality world. And then there's also deep dive rigs where you can put on a full helmet and like wetsuit looking thing to feel like Sensory. all the sensation. Yeah. A uh, rig that type of stuff. Uh, it's, uh, it says right here um, in the prologue uh, for those who could. Uh, afford even basic virtual reality interface gear, better known as a rig. Reality uh, interface gear. Yeah. That's what it stands for. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's what the prologue basically introduces these two kids. And then it also talks about how they have found this key, which I'm, uh, to me, it sounds like, like almost like a USB flash drive. Is what yeah. they're saying. Like a memory card um, of some sort. To some thing that no one is supposed to know and um i mean it it talks about somewhat like the dark web of nowadays you know that type of thing with virtual reality and like no one's supposed to know about this and they're like if this is real then this is huge but they don't really allude to what this is right per se um but that's that's basically the first the prologue um, chapter one, did you have anything else for the prologue? Um, in the prologue, uh, it does end with, uh, Claire writing like a, a letter or oh, a yes. note yes. to, um, and it introduces you it, to segue into chapter one to a, um, Angie Channing, yep. um, yep. which, uh, is she an author or a journalist? I think she's an author because she wrote a book. She's an author of the book, Righteous. Righteous. Yes. Um, and so, so she left a note for Angie Channing and then it goes into chapter one, a right letter. There an actual letter yeah um because she said she didn't want to um use the internet because that's what everyone used to contact people nobody used the mail easier intercepted yes yeah um so angie tatum or angie i'm, I'm thinking channing, <laughs> channing tatum <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> angie channing um she's the author of the book righteous which was like an expose basically on vr and how it could be bad like it's it's the bad side of vr right yeah um which to me is like what are you doing because you you end up learning later on about angie um she's a closet deadhead which is what you call somebody who does like deep dive vr stuff like vr games and stuff like that which I don't know if I said this before, but when we say VR, we're talking about virtual reality. Yeah, we got to be clear on that. Yeah. Um, but she's a closet deadhead where people don't think she does the VR stuff and does all the deep dive and everything like that, but she does. Um, but she wrote this this book called Righteous, and it, it exposes everything that's bad, basically, about VR. Um, and it brings us to her um at a park with her psychiatrist is that what it is yeah um it was her friend her, and psychiatrist and her, psychiatrist. her name is felicia right yeah Bye. um <laughs> so <laughs> felicia is there and she's her psychiatrist and she's talking to her about this thing that she went and did um it's a vr thing from some company i forget is the company called red protocol is that just this the game i think that's the game okay because the red protocol a, was uh supplied um from uh, i believe convergence 
Um, okay, so and, convergence and, is the is the people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, convergence is a supplier of like advanced VR, and they supplied a Red Protocol, I believe. That's what I remember. Okay, so Red Protocols this game. She got like advanced access to this, like a like a book reviewer or a game reviewer or you sign up for stuff on the internet where it's like review this and we'll give it to you before it comes out, you know, that type of thing. Speaking of which, so uh, call us and we'll do that for you. Yeah, exactly. Actually, I got a, I got a tie in for that. Just so you know. Nice. Um, So she got to like use this before it happens. So like I said before, VR in this time, you have to have like the tattoos on you to, to do the VR or you wear the whole suit and the helmet and everything like that. With Red Protocol, you don't need any of that. And it's it seems, from what she says, it seems like it's more real than real life, basically. You don't know um, what's reality. Yeah. So she is actually driving... No. She's at the park, and she's telling Felicia, her psychiatrist, she doesn't know if this what she's doing at that moment is still red protocol or if it's real life. Think of, she can't tell the difference. It's like a dream within a dream. You don't know if this is the dream or if this is real life. Did you wake up yet or not? Yeah. You don't basically, um, they tell her that she might have some type of flashbacks, you know, which she does. Um, they, there's a thing that could happen called whiteout which is where she basically just sees white. And I think she might have flashbacks during the whiteout. Is that correct? I think she did. Didn't she have a flashback of her parents? Something about her parents. Uh, Her parents both died. I think she was like trying to process that. And she had a flashback, I think, of that. I don't know. I only wrote so many notes. My, My notebook is only this big, Tommy. Yeah, mine's this big, but I don't have only have somebody else. <laughs> um, but she, she does have flashbacks, but she experiences these whiteouts. Yeah. Um, they describe so, it as a big white room, is what they described it as. Yeah, and it, it's just all white. Um, and then she eventually comes back, and they told her this would happen periodically, just because of I don't know the the system that they use i mean i think that that red protocol uses like more of your like neurons in your brain or something like that than the normal vr stuff that uses like sensory stuff in your suit type of thing but i thought about this and i don't you've read the whole or i mean you've listened or read the whole book i've listened to the whole book at work and as we're doing this podcast i'm rereading it so um, right now at, at this point in chapter one, I've already wrote down Felicia, which is her um, psychiatrist, right? Yep. I put good question mark because I'm wondering if she's working with James, which I'm, I mean, I just wrote notes, but I think James is the main guy for Red Protocol. Jake. Is it Jake? Jake Barnes. Whatever, James. Is there another James in the book? I don't remember there being a James, but I remember the main guy at Convergence is Jake Barnes. Maybe there, maybe there that's what I meant. Because I, I would read the whole chapter and then write my notes after. At yeah. This point. So, it, yeah. 
I'm wondering if she is actually working with red protocol. Cause that's what it seems like to me at this point. Um, yeah, I'm not going to confirm nor deny. Um, <laughs> what I, what I do know though, is the first like prologue chapter one, two, and three is literally just a character dump on you of just basically like a bunch yeah. of people and yeah. the background. And, uh, you get to know each character there. Um, there's so many more that you haven't even met yet. Yeah. Um, so then also in chapter one, you find out that there's two kids who are high school age that were murdered. Um, cause somehow Felicia ends up like looking at her phone or something like that and says, Oh no, there were, there were two kids murdered. in I think it's, is it Oak park? Oak Hill. Oak Hill. I thought of it because I was like, Oh, there's an Oak park right next to me. Well, there's, a, there's an Oak Hill near me and you called it Coke Hill. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah so it's yeah. not far from the truth. Um, so that's, that's basically chapter one. It basically introduces Angie and her therapist. Um, it talks about uh, Angie has a husband named Derry. Right. Um, but it doesn't really go too much more in depth past that. Um, then we get into chapter two, which starts to talk about Randy George. And this is a guy that would be me. I feel like. Yeah, this is the this is the Wilson character in the book. Yeah, uh, detective, but uh, I mean he's he's in the future, but he's basically like unplugged from everything. Um, he he's the guy that still has a flip phone. Yeah, he's and, old school. Yeah, it starts with him like out in the middle of a lake in Texas. Um, one thing that stood out to me that he said in this chapter was uh he's he's talking about um people and what happened throughout the years to people and he says ultimately categorizing people was the deepest of humanity's evils which rings um, true to today because that's what we seem to be doing all the time now yeah i mean it's yeah it, it, it this book is weird because it brings to light a lot of things that are happening happening right now and it's stuff that he probably thought about or wrote about years ago and put it down somewhere, you know? Right. And then went back to it to write this book. Um, talks about how Randy's wife died three years ago. And so did his daughter, Stacy. They died in uh, an auto accident. And I think he, it said he showed up to the scene and actually saw it. Is that right? I think so. This is why I was saying in chapter one, when Angie was battling um, her parents' death, she was processing that. And in chapter two, Randy is still processing, you know, the death in his family. So automatically right there, Randy and Angie have some sort of a connection, emotional connection with yeah. uh, uh, grief, I guess you would say. Yeah. Next thing I got is um, it talks about who the the two high schoolers that were found dead. It actually is Claire and Timothy, who we learned about in the prologue. Prologue. Um, they were found dead in the park, and um, they were naked. They were bound, and they were set up to look like they were praying towards a tree. Um, basically, the only thing you find out in this chapter is Randy's like it looks like they were killed somewhere else because there's no blood anywhere. Yeah. Um, because they were strangled for one. Uh, actually, I don't know if that comes out until the next chapter, but 
Uh, we're going to talk about that anyway. So it looks like they were strangled, but they also had the back of their heads bashed in, which if somebody did that, you would bleed, right? Right. So there should be blood somewhere, but they can't find blood anywhere on the ground. They were talking about how maybe they put a blanket down or something like that and took the blanket away. Um, but the scene doesn't look like there was too much intrusion on it up till where they found the body. I mean, you could see the tire tracks from CSI, stuff like that, but there weren't really footprints or anything like that leading up to the scene. So it looks like they were just placed there. Um, that's, that's all I got for chapter two. Yeah. It's pretty much what it is. It, it, chapter two is basically a, a scene of the crime and um teaching you a little bit about um detective randy george and and he's he also uh i like this chapter because it goes into um, detail about um i can't remember if it's chapter two or chapter three but he uh was talking about how when he approaches the scene um it's kind of chaotic but not really he he was describing it from like within his own head like he could hear the family member across the street crying yeah, something like that. So, so it, it the way that Ted Decker wrote this chapter, it it, it kind of made me feel like I was there. I'm like, man, because I listen to a lot of true crime podcasts, and I'm like, man, I, I feel like I'm walking in on this with this character right yeah. now, and 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 picturing this. Um, yeah, I think seems that like, might have been chapter two, which seems like a ritualistic um, murder. Yeah. Um, chapter three, it goes back to Angie. Um, it's basically her driving in the car with her husband, Derry. Um, and then they end up getting home and Derry talks to her about, cause she, she's supposed to do this, this new book about VR again, like as a, as a sequel to her book, righteous that, that exposed VR. Um, but he tells her, he thinks she should stay off of VR for a while because she was in so deep for the, the red protocol lasted a week. Is that right? I think so. Well, think they said it, it lasts a week, but yeah. We, then again, there's a, I, I can't really. Tell yeah. You. Like who, <laughs> who, who knows really? Um, so he says, I want you, you should, they have a very open relationship. It sounds like uh -huh. but he says, I want you to, you know, lay off of it. I think it would be good for you if you did. Um, so she says, okay. She ends up having her first whiteout during this chapter. And I mean, that's, that's, that's basically all I wrote. I mean, it was, it was a lot of background on her and dairy basically. Yeah. And that was about it for chapter three. Do they talk about what dairy does his occupation? No. Okay. That comes into play later. I mean, that's, that's basically what I got for the first. That's, that's three pretty much chapters. That's pretty much where it leaves off. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's just a lot of character building. There's a lot of other characters that you're going to get to. Um, this book takes a lot of different turns. And once we get a little bit deeper into it, we'll probably have a little bit more discussion about um, events in the book and how they relate to real life stories and uh, you know, what's going on in the world right now, but not politically, but just like uh, you know, with, with just escapism, and yeah. stuff like that so but yeah we're keeping these I a mean, little shorter yeah it's going to be a little shorter um if you want to follow along um the book is play dead by ted decker um i think we're going to maybe try to at least do three chapters per episode um, yeah so as yeah. of right now 
we're caught up to chapter three. So through chapter three, so you can start on four next time. And then and, if you have <clears throat> any suggestions for yeah. other books, let us Yeah, know. different authors. Uh, you know, I, I read uh, all sorts of authors. It doesn't even have to be a, a, a fictional book. I know, Wilson, you're, you're in, you, you, you've gifted me a lot of your hand-me-downs, like your, uh, your Bill O'Reilly books, your, your, you know, yeah. Um, stuff like, stuff like that, you know, uh, there's a lot of that's where that book went killing Lincoln, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I have it. Um, there's, you know, if you, if, like I said, if you, if you're an author yourself and you want to come on the show, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Um, we'd love to read is one of the things that brought Wilson and I together were, were books, which is a very rare thing these days. And we're hoping we could bring it back because, um, yeah. I do like tangible items. Um, it is a lot easier Timberlake to said. What Justin Timberlake is that you said? Yeah. Well, I don't know when he said that. Um, no, I said, as Timberlake said, we're bringing sexy back. Oh, there you go. Um, but, you know, I've, I've listened to the audiobook, which it, it, that's the easiest way to do it for me at work. But sometimes if I don't understand something, uh, if I'm actually reading it, it's a little bit easier for me to comprehend because I'm not sidetracked. Yeah. But uh, yeah, again, Ted Decker, play dead. And we'll try to put these out. Uh, once we're done with the three chapters, I guess. Yeah. So that's all I got, dude. That's it. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Later. Thanks for listening, everybody. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Amazon, Google Play, pretty much wherever you can listen to podcasts. You can find us on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And you can also call and text us at 916-259-3030 or by email at therealwthshow at gmail.com. And make sure you listen to our normal show, The Real WTH Show, which can be found anywhere you can listen to podcasts. Thanks, everybody.